I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we have a wonderful special guest again. Introduce yourself, Marie. Hi, hi I'm Marie. Hello, uh, it's Marie, our friend. Yay. You might remember me from the last episode I was in and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> unless, you, unless you went and looked up my old YouTube Let's Plays. Please don't. <laughs> uh, please do. Just for oh, fun. Uh, <laughs> oh, beans. <laughs> you brought it up. This is completely on you. That's fair. Uh, today, we watched another Lord of the Rings thing. This time, it was actually called The Lord of the Rings, but it's the 1978 one by Roth Bakshi. This is, in a lot of ways, unlike other Bakshi films, and then in other ways, a lot like other Bakshi films. Mm-hmm, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot unlike other Bakshi films in that it was a movie I was able to show my mother. So, <laughs> which is probably the only one where that's true. So, <laughs> mom's like, I'm I don't scared. know. I'm scared. I'm worried now. No, I'm just are you sure? Are you sure? I think uh, Ralph Bakshi, maybe. I don't know. I haven't actually watched them. I know them by reputation. Me, so, me neither. I wouldn't know um, Felix the Cat, but but, would... but yeah, Felix the Cat is the first film that he put out and it was also like the first animated X-rated film. So, Oh my goodness gracious. Okay. Yes. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't feel like it's going to be a thing that's up your alley whenever we get around to that one. You'll probably skip that episode. So anyways, um, this is, a, this is a, a pretty much family friendly feature. Um, whatever it's other, deals might be, um, it is not inappropriate for the family. Who would like to do a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis of this, trying to keep it as brief as possible despite the amount of content that needs to be summarized? Mm -hmm. I'll Uh, do it. Okay, you want to go for it? Unless you want to, Marie. I mean, I'll I'll do a sentence or two, and you can fill in all the blanks. Okay. So, which there will be a lot of. Okay. Uh, So this, this movie covers the entirety of the first book in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and then a pretty large amount of the second book so it's all of fellowship and then quite a bit of two towers and it follows frodo baggins who is a hobbit as he starts his journey to destroy the ring of power i think that's yeah that's not spoilery you you know the ring it's called the lord of the rings they're gonna um and yeah and it goes from you know him becoming a part of the titular fellowship of the ring to it you don't even know why the second book's called two towers they don't get to it in this they movie. really don't <laughs> i think we know so for sure the that there's towers. one tower and i think that's the only tower we, don't we know about see it. we did I mean, okay, get off on top of one tower okay oh it's that tower yeah that's one of the two towers oh. what's the other tower okay isn't that the one that it's the eyeball's on but that's not in this one that's in the i thought it was action, one of the so. spires that Oh, honestly, not sure. But <laughs> this movie sure doesn't get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, no, yeah, yeah they, they go on an adventure to try to get rid of that. And then they're together for a while and then they get split up. And yep. Yeah, yeah, anything and you feel like needs to be added, babe? Um, and they there's a, a battle. Uh, a battle? A singular battle? Sure. There's one, one large battle. battle. Okay. Yes. Okay. One. All right. 
Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. What but do... also that doesn't happen. <laughs> what do we each think of this movie? And do we think, before we get into discussion, that we would recommend it? Discussion could always change that, but... I'll go as someone who has seen only the first two live-action Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, How much does that hurt your heart, Marie? It hurts my heart. It's a long, they're long movies. <laughs> Marie's like, I get um, it. Yeah, like, so like, I don't have uh, an attachment. I think it's interesting that this was a piece of like what Lord of the Rings fans had in terms of like film and how. Uh, so I I watched the the Hobbit. Uh, Danica had me oh watch the live that. action. No, the, oh, the animated one. Yes, I did show her the animated one yesterday. So so just like the difference in tone and what was kind of focused on, which they're different stories as well. So, you know, there's that. But mm-hmm. I just think it's 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 very interesting what they had. Uh, so like maybe before the live action ones existed, maybe there'd be some sort of recommendation as a way to experience these stories. But... There is a better way to experience these stories that exist. So I don't think I would recommend it for the story. The there was some interesting animation quote choices as well, but but I, again, I, I nothing I think to recommend. Uh it is an it's an interesting thing. And if you're up for it, okay, like it's not terrible, but but I don't think as a film I'll recommend it. As a way to watch Lord of the Rings, if you've never seen Lord of the Rings, absolutely no. Please don't do this. <laughs> Please watch the live animation. Coming in strong. Action. Please don't do this. But I'm not going to just outright say I would absolutely not recommend it because if nothing else, I can just picture one day me talking Nathan into watch this with me and watch his reaction and just see. I think that would be very entertaining. I think you're right. That would be pretty entertaining. I think it would be really entertaining because this is my filmmaker son. And and he, I mean, I don't mean he's like a famous filmmaker, but he's definitely, um, you know, has, 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 has done some things and just to see his reaction, um, it would, it would be very entertaining. So I'm not going to outright say no. Recommend to punk your friends. Especially, especially diehard Lord of the Ring fans like like myself or anybody else that you know. Yeah. Watch the reaction. I recommend about somewhere between a half and two thirds of this and not the rest of it. (laughs) I, Um, there was a lot of really interesting things and there was a lot of points in the first half of the movie where I felt like they were pulling me in with some of the character work and stuff, especially um, but it kind of just eventually devolves into just more mess than anything enjoyable. In the in the first half, it feels like despite the mess, it's overall working for me. I was having a good time, but by the end, I was just like, "Is this over? Is this almost over? I I need this to be over." <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. I definitely feel there's like a couple points where I just like straight up check out of the story. Yeah, and I I like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I like this movie for what it is, which is immense. So, yeah, I I would recommend it if either like you've read the books and you know the books pretty well, and you want just like some stuff to go with it, or if you've seen the live action movies and you're like, oh, I want Lord of the Rings, but I want something different. It's 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 just a different take. And that doesn't mean it's 
in some ways it's a different take and that's good and in other ways it's a different take and that's bad <laughs> yeah like there's a lot of good like i i recommend this movie just to like expand someone's view of lord of the rings but not as like a movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I, I recommend this with the same the same breath that i'll recommend like the soviet teleplay hobbit where i'm like yeah these are like things you can if you want more lord of the rings here it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> Everyone's favorite version of Lord of the Rings, the Soviet teleplay. I, it, it, I know, Marie, has, I love you so much. Has good mo- Listen, the music We're not talking that. about that here. Um, so let's let's see where we end up after after a round of conversation, because, yeah, we all yeah. have some conflicting feelings, to say the least. It's got good moments. I promise. Let's get specific. By which I mean at this point, let me throw some fun. Let me just bludgeon you over the head with some fun facts because I have so many. So I got to get through some of these. I don't know if I'll get to all of these. Although Bakshi's The Lord of the Rings was a financial success, it received mixed reactions from critics and hostility from disappointed viewers who felt that it was incomplete. Nonetheless, the film was an influence on Peter Jackson's trilogy in the early 2000s, as detailed in the DVD extras of The Fellowship of the Ring, and also anyone who's seen the movie and sees the part where they're hiding from the Nazgul, and it's like literally the same shot. (laughs) And you're like, oh yeah, he's seen this. (laughs) That's how Tolkien wrote it, though. Yeah, but it's still like the same, like the shot is this, it's, it's like if Jackson hadn't seen it, he wouldn't it might have ended up being a similar shot but not like the same shot fair but it's like the same shot which isn't a criticism because yeah. it's a very good shot it's a good shot mm-hmm. um bakshi encountered tolkien's writing early in his career and then he made several attempts to produce the lord of the rings as an animated film before producer saul saints and distributor united artists provided funding that one like those like two sentences covers like multiple paragraphs of information on the wiki he tried really hard and again and again <laughs> and he kept approaching united artists he really wanted this thing to happen mm-hmm. he eventually got it to happen before production started he met with tolkien's daughter priscilla to discuss how the film would be made she showed him the room where her father did his writing and drawing and bakshi says my promise to tolkien's daughter was to be pure to the book i wasn't going to say hey throw out Gollum and change these two characters my job was to say this is what the genius said so that's kind of the the vibe he had going into making this thing um a three film structure was contemplated for this series but they didn't know how that middle film would work without a beginning and an end and also just ultimately budgetary things and stuff that that didn't end up happening we'll talk a little more about the lack of a follow-up film but in terms of why the plan seemed to be maybe like two films after this. You could see there being one more instead of three. That was, that was kind of why Anthony Daniels, who voices Legolas in this movie. And I will come back to him later. Mm-hmm. Remembers that the whole cast were in the same studio, but we all had to leave a two second gap between the lines, which made for rather stilted dialogue. I didn't notice this as much as I thought that I would based on that quote. Um, I feel like overall the dialogue didn't feel too terribly stilted. There were certainly moments, but yeah, overall I think they edited the, the dialogue together pretty well. Um, and then 
my last one for now. Bakshi was quoted as saying, Making two pictures, the live-action reference and the actual animated feature, in two years is crazy. Most directors, when they finish editing, they're finished. We were just starting. So just a little just a little peek into yeah, the process. difficulty and also the time constraint. And also they didn't have, like, a huge budget, so... Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's I, let's uh, let's get wanna, into this. I want to sh- share some fun facts. Oh yeah, do a fun fact. Do a fun Cause, fact because I like to I like to look up all the actors and where the actors yeah. on IMDb. Uh huh. Um, there were and... two. There were only two that I really noticed, but I didn't look yeah. super super. Yeah, deep. there's. I, I think there's two in there who were like big, and that's like John Hurt, obviously. Right. Aragorn, John Hurt is Aragorn. Additionally, I as I looked, I I didn't recognize a lot of people in there. Besides um, John Hurt and Dan, what was the Anthony um, Daniels? Anthony Daniels, who is Legolas, and who you two definitely know as C three PO, and basically yeah. anything C three PO is in. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. so good on him for voice acting. Good. <laughs> yeah, did a good job. Now I want Orlando Bloom as C three PO. Yes. <laughs> anyway, also there was a lot of old Doctor Who from a bunch of those actors they were like in a couple episodes so that was yeah that seems that seems right that's neat yeah for all those doctor who nerds in the audience yeah we see you (laughs) look behind you um yeah what did we think about the story and the characters and all that in here not the animation no but i just do want to say the opening and i won't like get into specifics but Mm -hmm. the and also the john hurt whatever his he wasn't I couldn't really get into him as Aragon because he was just Aragorn. To, Aragorn, so sorry. There's a, as Aragorn. There's a two R's. Aragorn. Because he just came across as too old. He isn't hot. Wow. And no, no, but he just <laughs> I mean, that is, that is kind here's of fundamentally the, her problem, but, yeah. No, but here's how I mean, the whole vibe came. <laughs> and even though I know he's supposed to be like ancient because of whatever, he just still just that that voice i don't know i mean john hurt is not a young man and i don't think he was that young at the time of this recording either yeah anyway i was just gonna say but the but the whole opening and his sound like when when i heard him but but that beginning narrator it honestly it reminded me sorry of one of the the films of like the Ten Commandments or Moses or something sure. like that. That's what it sounded like to me. And yeah. even the vibe of the, of the beginning and, and the way they did it. Um, and again, the, the, the sounds, because initially I was kind of like almost like a scary vibe, but no, it was more of an or, orchestral, uh, like I said, Ten Commandments it's or like something. Epic, vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I kind of felt, I, I like the opening. I feel like it's kind of like a play or whatever. I, I, I think the intro works, especially, um, Smeagol getting the ring I feel like I like that this version in this movie better than the um it's been too long since I've seen the live action one I don't even know where they put that in the I think they put it in Return of the King no I like the live action better but I like this better than the Hobbit because didn't they have some kind of version in the Hobbit or not no oh yeah no the the Fellowship of the Ring has most of what the intro in this one has, all the stuff with actual Sauron and Isildur and all that, but the part yeah, with uh, they, have screaming. they they gloss over the part with Gollum, and then they actually like show that full scene at the beginning of Return of the King. Mm, okay, because yeah. I remember seeing it in theaters and was like, oh, okay, we're doing this now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I I like the the opening scene 
fine. I, I like a lot of the beginning stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a little bit later in it, but especially when we get to the first um, scene where Pippin and Mary like are really talking, which is pretty much after they hide from the Nazgul, because they talk a tiny bit before that. But the, the scene after that, where they're like, hey, Frodo, we're coming with you and we love you and all that stuff is like, that scene really made me love Mary and Pippin a lot mm-hmm, in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, oh, these these two are cool. I can't tell which is which for pretty much the entirety of the movie. And I'm a little convinced the movie isn't sure either. But I like them. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like, and and this will come up time and time again, but Ralph Bashke really got like the tone. Like he's not yeah. good at pacing or no. editing or... <laughs> A lot of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anytime this movie needs to like take it slow and have a moment where yeah. it's just character, it, yes. you really get to it. Like, com- and here, I'm just going to run through some ones I took notes on. So there's like, yeah, with Mary and Pippin, after mm-hmm. they hide from the Nazgul, there's a moment where Aragorn is just like explaining, he's just telling some old story. And yeah, like, they're yeah. all sitting around and... The, a lot it's of great. dad with his children vibes with Aragorn and the Hobbits, <laughs> yeah. not going to lie. Which, which is yeah. adorable. I think in the books, it's more uh, Boromir takes on that role a bit more, too. But it, they do have that. and like Yeah, and I don't remember, I don't personally remember that vibe, really, in the live action one. It kind of just feels like this dude is leading these other dudes. But here it kind of felt, a, I don't know, it felt more yeah. just like... This dude who actually knows what's up, protecting these like dudes who don't know what's up, yeah, and, and also telling them when, stories and stuff. It's cute, yeah. And then also like the character, like the when when they're like bickering over whether or not to go through Moria and they're arguing. I'm like, wow, these are just yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, I, I oh, like yeah. that and then, too. And then when they do get to Moria, the 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 line like, so all you really had to do was speak, friend, and enter. Mm-hmm. To which Gimli replies, those were happier days or happier yeah. times. Yeah, I, li- like, I like that bit too. To, One of the, the movie... few good Gimli moments in here. Yeah. Like when the movie needs to slow down, be emotional, and show characters just dealing with stuff. Yeah. Especially Merry and Pippin's interactions. Not oh, as much and also... Yeah, yeah, but also a little bit before that was uh, when they're in Rivendell. I really mm. liked uh, the the Frodo and Bilbo thing, um, yeah. where where Frodo held out the ring and Bilbo had his whole reaction, and then like when he like starts crying, I just wasn't I wasn't prepared for that. I was like, oh no. Yeah, I think I <laughs> yeah. like I, I think I like this Bilbo more than the um, other animated Bilbo. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the so one of the scenes you mentioned, the one where they're trying to figure out where to go it was very funny it felt uh like you said like it felt mundane yeah I'm just like yeah oh no we can't go this way the traffic's really bad here <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like, like i i can imagine having that sort of argument in like a D campaign and it just it just yes. warms something in my heart of like oh gosh that's just mm, yeah yeah and, it's good and then the bilbo scene i really liked the line that he says whenever he's upset it's like don't adventures ever end yeah ever have an end mm-hmm. and i'm like mm-hmm. that is yeah uh, that's a, a powerful yeah. character moment yes i need mm-hmm. to i need to put a video that's just him saying that and looking sad and then we fade <laughs> into the road goes ever ever on <laughs> you stop <laughs> that <of> king will <laughs> make everyone cry uh yeah no it's and it it honestly like it's 
it is a really good character moment because it sets up like basically the only other thing that Bilbo's going to do after this, which is be like, well, peace, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going mm-hmm. with the elves on the boat. And like you yeah. see, you can see why now because he's like, he wants it to end. And that's the only way he can see for his adventure to end or at least to start a new one. Uh, yeah, it's there's there's a lot of there's a lot of really good stuff in here. Um, yeah. But one of the things that wasn't so good was before they got to Rivendell, when the Nazgul are chasing Frodo, and particularly the scene where Frodo's on his white horse and the Nazgul guy's on his black horse, and they're just kind of like just kind of like moving <laughs> like, around a little yeah. bit. And I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I, I'm not talking so scene. much. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so much talking about like the the animation or lack of it of that part, but like just the pacing of that scene and like the understanding of what's happening like i really didn't understand what was happening for most of that and then once once he gets to rivendell i i think i basically understand because because gandalf's like they were able to pull you in because you had the knife thing and 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 it was going in your body or whatever so it's like okay so they pulled him back into their world but then it's just like but why why was he not like immediately just attacking him? It was just, it felt really weird and really drawn out Yeah. to where yeah. I wasn't sure the purpose of it for, for a while. Like, it was weird. Like, like there's some nice, I'm, I'm glad the flay at the Ford was included. Yes. It's a thing that isn't in and a that, and that movie. Once you get to that part, that part's pretty good. Um, um, like it's a little slow. But like it's decent. Yeah. It's the part, also, especially before that, when when the horse falls over and the, the oh. Nazgul is using the black flame of Mordor on the horse, and it has like the lightsaber crackling effect. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's cool. That's nice. Can we? Can we? <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay. I mean, <laughs> pacing, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The pacing of that part was just so <sighs> so odd. It did. It felt like it was trying movie. to have some sort of like. Some sort of mood of this is bad and dangerous, but it was mostly just a mood of confusion and bewilderment. And not, I, I don't know if I want to say on a similar vein, but as far as pacing, when they are in Rivendell and they're on at the, the table, mm. first of all, him being elevated, I forgot... Yeah, Elrond so just he, being like yeah, on a, that, that was kind he's of in a chair on the table. Like he's yeah, sitting on the table there. Love but that. there were too many characters around there that you that I don't even remember who they were, and they didn't make clear. Yeah, so like I there just feel like a lot of mm-hmm. unnecessary characters, and I mean, yeah. meaning that again, they I feel like that scene was not handled real well because there should have been more dialogue, more arguing, more. It seeming like those people were there for yeah. a purpose. Yeah, like I think in the live action that there's there's pretty much just as many people uh, in a circle. So there's definitely a lot of people in the live action one that's like, uh, we don't know who this ultimately is, but I feel like in the live action, it makes a, it does a really good job of making it clear who the important ones are. Cause they're the ones that'll talk and they'll get camera close-ups or they'll stand and they'll like, they'll show off their personality and make it clear. Like, okay, Gimli is a dude who matters. Legolas is a dude who matters. Like it, it becomes clear who the mm-hmm. players that, at all matter to the story are whereas i don't feel like gimli said anything in yeah. this one so i'm like yeah it's just like oh and then gimli's with them and it's like gimli doesn't get any moments for for mm-hmm. like 10 or 15 more minutes past that yeah. scene yeah and weirdly 
uh, Bilbo Baggins speaks, but he was he's one of the few, other than again. Yeah, and, and Boromir I, definitely does speak. Yeah, Boromir so. does. That's but, our first yeah, but look I don't at Boromir. even know if Aragorn um, does or Aragorn. Or, yeah, yeah, I think he, and I, I think he says does. Yeah, he says a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Boromir's like, I had a dream that said, find this guy. And yeah, Aragorn's yeah, yeah. like, I am this guy. And then the narration... Yeah, exactly. He was talking about a sword. Yeah, and then the narration takes over again. Yes. Yes, it does. Mm. Later in, in the movie, after uh, Gandalf has, has gone, we'll probably talk more about why how Gandalf went in the animation section, I imagine. Mm. But anyways, after that, uh, and they're talking about going and seeing Galadriel, and mm. I kind of enjoy... Aragorn and Boromir arguing about it a little bit, but then it just like really quickly cut to, oh, yeah. we're at the Galadriel now and Galadriel's talking. And I was like, the, oh, okay. <laughs> the scene to scene editing is so, is, sometimes it's totally fine. And sometimes mm, it's, I, think I mean, there sometimes was only you're like, one good scene <laughs> transition in this movie. I mean, I guess a lot of times it didn't, um, bother me uh, uh, bother I, me terribly I was like okay that maybe could have been done better but like I, we're there I, I I'm not thinking a, too much I put down a note that I had I had to mention that at some point I said to myself this feels like a jump cut movie <laughs> yeah there's yeah honestly mm-hmm. that that scene that you mentioned with Galadriel it felt like it should have been a joke it felt yeah. like it should have been like Oh, they're it's like, like we're not going. Or like they're, they're really ugly people, and then this beautiful lady is there. Just like yeah. some sort of like juxtaposition thing. Yeah, but it to... wasn't. It wasn't quite there. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it, it felt like it was a joke cut, and, mm-hmm. and but it wasn't. Yeah. Speaking of Galadriel, uh, mm-hmm. I I very much like this version of Galadriel. I especially like uh, when Frodo offers her the ring. I think this is. Like I said, when this movie slows down and has these emotional moments and like is the text being directed out into a movie, it does yeah. really well. Like, I am not going to argue that the Galadriel scene in the live action one is better. I certainly will not argue that. I will <laughs> say that I missed crazy Galadriel because, <laughs> man, that scene's the scene in the live just, action certainly has some energy this... about it. <laughs> This one of the benefits of this movie, I will say, over the live action is that this movie is reserved at times. Yes, yes, and I enjoy that. I think it really is its benefit, especially Gladriel um, <laughs> discovering what happened to Moria. A bunch of moments. Yeah, uh, yeah. The departure of Boromir. When it needs to be slow and sad and emotional, it gets it. It just gets yeah, it. yeah. If it 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 feels like it knows how to slow down sometimes, um, and and yeah, some of those scenes where where it honestly feels kind of mundane are some of the better parts, and that is definitely like not really something that the live action ones are capable of. They kind of need to be like either epic or dramatic all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really liked Boromir's confrontation with Frodo in this. Um, that was that was some acting there some good Mm -hmm. some good acting Mm -hmm. Um, also Boromir's death scene man that was a lot that was a lot she gets messed up (laughs) that scene is was the initial inspiration I think for my eventual product project where I will stitch together all the versions of the Lord of the Rings to make my full Hobbit into Ring Trilogy Frankenstein version, which is perfect for me. 
<laughs> and Boromir's death from this animated version is like the nucleus. Nuclea? The yeah, nucleus, nu- yeah. Nucleation point of that version because I just love it so much. It just exists. When he like pulls out those arrows, oh yeah, I know. Yeah. And then he he just yells at them to keep them back, and it's oh yeah, yeah. It's just you feel it like it's yeah, yeah. And then oh, and also I think I think it was actually a little bit before this. Sam and Frodo in the boat, uh, mm-hmm. and they're and they're talking, and, and then they're rowing so back and forth. Like oh, it's so good, so cute. That part's so good. Like the fact that it the fact that it's rotoscoped really is beneficial, especially in that. Like I feel like that section in the movie from uh, when Frodo asks to have some time on his own to think about yeah. it to when they're in the boat and the fellowship is broken is the best animation in the entire movie. Yeah, no, there's really good work there. And it just shows the text coming through. Sorry, I'm kind of getting to animation before, so. Yeah, well, I think we're fairly close to switching Mm -hmm. to it. Um, I just have one question. Yeah. Before before I wait for animation to come up, which Uh is, so, so, queer readings of Sam and Frodo Uh have existed forever. Yes. Of course. And I'm curious if Yins have opinions about how this movie betrays or doesn't give in to those like whether whether or not you can make these readings those readings in this movie i feel like this was one of the ones where it feels the the least leaning into that um Mm -hmm. i think mostly just because of how this movie chooses to depict sam um he's just kind of a lot more of like a bumbling doofus Mm -hmm. in this version which he has he has a couple of moments he has a handful of moments where i appreciate Mm -hmm. him but a lot of this interpretation of sam is just really not not my cup of tea there is one moment where uh if you remember when aragorn was telling the story about like um i think his ancestors actually i don't remember who he was telling the story about he tells stories you know (laughs) yeah he he was telling a story about the half elf who decided to become mortal to stay with her husband he was like yeah the line was he was her destruction but also he was her love and sam and frodo just sort of like lean towards each other and look <laughs> yeah, at right? each other and i'm like mm-hmm. yes that was I, the, I pulled the main my moment. wife over and i was like babe just watch like these 15 yeah <laughs> to 30 30 seconds of this and tell me what yes. you think and she's like oh gosh <laughs> yeah no that is like the one moment where it's yeah. like oh but then it doesn't feel like it leans into it most of the rest mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah. And, yeah. and I liked that the story was there as a nod to his future, it feels yes. like, right? Yeah. Uh, my only other note here for the story character section is quite a bit later. It's just that it it's similar to the Galadriel thing. It transitioned into Treebeard holding Merry and Pippin like really quickly and awkwardly. Yeah. And, and they're like standing, they're standing there talking to him and he's somewhere off screen. And then it suddenly changes and he's holding them and walking away. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, oh, I found these little boys. <laughs> yes. I must carry them. Mm-hmm. And then they just clap at him and then they're never seen again. Yep. Then yeah. they're gone. <laughs> yeah. They just spent minutes showing them being like, marched across like held in a piggyback ride yeah. or whatever and it's like you could have taken some of that time nope and put that somewhere else <laughs> nope yeah you could or you yeah. could have just been like he's like you're safe now and then it would feel like a conclusion nope <laughs> <laughs> he just walks off with them and then at the end of the movie gandalf says that the evil was defeated and it's yeah, done <laughs> i was like don't the trees come back and fight here yeah. I think uh, I think Gandalf's final line is actually ADR'd in later um 
I think the original version of the film, I don't, he probably said something similar, but it was less trying to sound final. Um, uh, and after mm-hmm. the point where it was clear that they were not making another movie, um, they, they changed it to give it a, a bigger air of finality, which is, it honestly just makes it weirder. <laughs> they probably yeah. shouldn't have, but whatever. Also, since I'm on the subject of Gandalf talking, the ADR on Gandalf is really bad sometimes. Yeah. Like, there are mm-hmm. line reads that were done at a different time, and it's, like, painfully obvious. Especially, I think the worst part, I think it was the Council of Elrond. He's, like, talking, and his voice sounds one way, and then he keeps talking, and his voice changes and sounds like it was recorded somewhere completely different on a different day, and the guy felt a whole different way. Yeah. And then it shifts back to the first part. It was so weird. <laughs> I think, I think even like if I was to recast this movie, I would take Elrond's voice actor and make him Gandalf. Ooh, I can see that. Yeah. Okay, it's the part that we've all been waiting for. Let's get to the animation. All right. All Woo-hoo. right. Let's okay. do it. I have some notes. Okay. I, also I have a. Have I have. Notes. I have a couple of notes. Just. A I just want to. I just want to preface with saying this was an experience. I have never experienced this before, mm-hmm. and um, I. I don't know if I would want to experience it again. Valor- but, Valerie but will again, experience but, it again because Valerie will be with me on other boxy things. Yeah. So this is this is part of his style. Um, it becomes part of his style. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. It's his his what his style is definitely varies from the beginning mm-hmm. to the end of his career. But this this hmm. movie does get some like it has some good animation. Oh, definitely. But it has some okay. But before animation. we start talking about notes. So, while Bakshi's contract allowed the possibility of him creating a live-action film, he said it couldn't be done and that he'd always seen it as animation. He said it was impossible to make it live-action without it being tacky. The film is notable for its extensive use of rotoscoping, a technique in which scenes are first shot in live-action, then traced onto animation cells. It uses a hybrid of traditional cell animation and rotoscoped live-action footage. Publicity for the film announced that Bakshi had created the first movie painting by utilizing an entirely new technique in filming, which is... Not true. The rotoscoping (laughs) saved production costs and gave the animated characters a more realistic look. Although Bakshi continued to use use rotoscoping in his uh, subsequent films, he later regretted his use of the technique, stating that he felt that it was a mistake to trace the source footage rather than using it as a guide, which he's right, because that is what people usually do, is use it as a guide. But anyways, um, in animation historian Jerry Beck's The Animated Movie Guide, reviewer Maria Boylan writes that up to that point, animated films had not depicted extensive battle scenes with hundreds of characters. By using the rotoscope, Bakshi could trace highly complex scenes from live action footage and transform them into animation, thereby taking advantage of the complexity live action film could capture without incurring the exorbitant costs of producing a live action film. And I think that's an interesting quote because that sounds like it would certainly be interesting if it was almost ever actually rotoscoped and animated over, which it isn't. (laughs) Most of the film's crowd and battle scenes, rather than rotoscoping, use a technique called solarization to produce a more three-dimensional look, almost like... It's literally just live action footage that they colored real weird um, because that's what it is. Yeah. Oh um, 
Bakshi rejected the Disney approach, which he thought cartoony, arguing that his approach, while not traditional for rotoscoping, created a feeling of realism involving up to a thousand characters in a scene. It sure never felt like there were a thousand no. characters in a scene. Right. No. There was. But never. never. Exactly. <laughs> never. Like, not even, maybe yeah. 25. Maybe. Oh, here's, also, here's the fun thing. Exaggerates. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. During the middle of a large shoot, union bosses called for a lunch break, and Bakshi secretly shot footage of actors in orc costumes moving toward the craft service table and used that footage in the final film. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Um, oh my gosh. I think they also used a gorilla masks a lot. It definitely and, seemed like and it. And yeah. I want to say, like, like rain ponchos, because you had a lot right, of backs yeah, of looking know. like rain ponchos Yeah, their all costumes were. Oh my gosh. Um, as for the primary cast members, they were supported by a large cast of animation doubles who were not credited on screen, and that matter ended up going to guild arbitration. So basically for all the main characters, there's a voice actor and there's like an actor who provided the rotoscoped footage, the, yeah. the footage that they rotoscoped over. And then this final note is the, the mo- one of the most infamous stories about this. After, so they filmed a lot of this in Spain. After the Spanish Film Development Lab discovered that telephone lines, helicopters, and cars could be seen in the footage that Bakshi had shot, they tried to incinerate the footage, telling Bakshi's first assistant director that if that kind of sloppy cinematography got out, no one from Hollywood would ever come back to Spain to shoot again, because they didn't understand that he was shooting film with the intent of rotoscoping over it. And I mean... Whatever else you want to say about his about how the film turned out, uh, there isn't there isn't telephone wires and planes and stuff yeah. like in the footage. Yeah. He does he edits all that out, but the uh, the Spanish film people did not understand that uh, when they tried to incinerate the footage. They were like they were like you are shooting a terrible film and no one's ever going to want to shoot here ever again. <laughs> God, that has to be destroyed. You need to take it to the fires of Mount Doom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> destroy that evil. They tried to go on their own quest to incinerate the evil, <laughs> evil footage. Um, okay, that's all the notes that I have. Oh the, all the fun gosh. facts. Let's oh let's talk gosh. about our own opinions okay, about okay. this. I want to start. Go for it. I talked about the intro already, but I really <laughs> thought it was funny when they were talking about the, the the different rings, like the nine rings and the five and the three, and they were all like boy band album covers. <laughs> it was delightful. <laughs> They just need to be stills in the front of an album. She did say that literally while we were watching it, yeah. I can't argue against it. I like like the shadow play more than showing everything with complex costumes and stuff. It looks nice, but also I get it. The shadow play, as much as it... (laughs) The shadow play, as much as it kind of feels like a, a student film... Also is definitely the part where the live action stuff works the best because it's, it's in silhouette and so it works like it was fine. It's later in the film when it's literally just live action footage that's like colorized a certain way. And they try to like maybe plaster a character's face Mm -hmm. on top of them. Yeah. Yeah. And what absolutely did not work for me. Oh my gosh. It was just, I mean, I was in hysterics on a lot of it. I got to admit was, was when you had the, this, 
these live people on horses and this whole slew of people. And again, it was almost just like a negative of them, of just real yeah. people, because you could see them. That's, and hey, then, Mom, hey, Mom, do you want to know what the first step of solarization is? It's using a negative. Okay, well, that I believe it. That's what they did. And then they would just plunk an animated character right there among them. And I'm like, and sometimes in some cases right next to them, like their yeah. faces are in fairly close proximity the, to each that other. That one shot it in Helm's so... Deep where there's that oh, dude over God. there who's like a poorly colorized live action man and a little bit to his side is just cartoon Aragorn. Yes. I couldn't handle that. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know. Because Aragorn, sorry, don't lose your train of thought, Marie, was the most stark difference because... You know, well, no, no Legolas for me, hmm. because I guess because since he was lighter when they would just plunk him in there with, with the, the negative, you know, yeah. live people. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This sticks out <laughs> think, so much. I think it. I think it's interesting that you think Helm's Deep is where that problem's the worst, because well, I feel like. The prancing pony is where. Yes, I get oh, that. Is God, the I know it actually. I'd kind of mm-hmm. almost forgotten. Yeah, yeah the prancing pony. I think is the scene where a lot of people get turned away from this movie because they get to the yeah. prancing pony, which is a shame because they get to the like you know the the there is an inn whatever that song's called, and that's you know a fun song. It's a good rendition yeah. of the song, but the animation that scene is so ugh. What animation you Ar- do you mean? <laughs> you mean yeah. you mean how they took live action footage and colorized it? <laughs> yeah, they how they have the solarized uh scene. Yeah, it's solarized footage against a matte painting with animated characters. Yeah. And it's like and Frodo looks good over the and Aragorn looks good and this innkeeper looks good, but all the other people in the scene Yeah. 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 That was so weird looking. Uh, yeah. yeah. But then but then you have the Aragorn scene and I'm like, oh Aragorn yeah he's so good he's so good as lo- the only thing i have to like criticize him about is his huge freaking belt buckle <laughs> yeah <laughs> marie yeah. do you want to reiterate because i don't think mom heard you earlier uh what uh, what how do you feel about this aragorn <laughs> he's one he's he's attractive every single iteration of aragorn's attractive in different ways uh look at the, his gorgeous, i don't i think he's a fine looking cheeks. man like his i don't just okay. cheeks okay marie i'm gonna go back to and his strong arms oh i shouldn't have, i shouldn't have asked could, you this you could carry a hobbit so well yes, oh really. if i were to be a hobbit <laughs> anyway <laughs> No, okay, I want to go back. Yeah, with the solarization, like, it could be used in a way, or if it were used in a way that it supported, like, themes or something in the film, like, I can see it working. But especially in The Prancing Pony, it feels like the cr- a crowd would want to be less... Yeah. obtrusive yes. than the main characters. 100%. Yeah. But it's yeah. the opposite. It made the, the crowd stand out more than the main characters. And it yeah. was very distracting. No, exactly what you're saying is why in most animated works, when there's a crowd, if you actually like stare at them and pay attention to them, they are typically a lot less detailed than the characters you're supposed to be paying attention to. Because, that, yeah, like that's the idea is the people, the things in the shot that are not supposed to draw your eye have to have less detail and the things that are supposed to be where your eye goes have more. But instead, you have hyper-realistic people because it's literally just live-action footage of people. And then the less detailed cartoon characters 
because they're cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and also the camera will literally just do a long panning shot of the live action people. And it's like, why are you, stop? It's you like, know. are these like actors, families? It's like, oh yeah, they're in this film. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, my brother, I got him in. Like, why? We don't need to see this and bearded even guy, this lady. At Bilbo's thing, the crowd is all animated, but in the Prancing Pony, a smaller crowd, <laughs> yes. they solarize. They're like, okay, we'll only do it for this one scene, and then literally never again, even mm-hmm. though that, that scene looked good. Bilbo, the this Bilbo scene, that looked good. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and at first I thought, oh, maybe all the men are actors, and like the hobbits are animated. Like, if there was a choice of like, if it is a human, it's going to be an actor. But if it's a hobbit... We're going to make, we're going to animate them so we can like use that for the size difference or whatever. But, but no, like there were solarized actors in the crowd that were obviously not like human. It felt um, like, yeah. Uh, or that didn't feel human anyway. Uh, yeah. Like, and then you, just... and then you have like the innkeeper who's like a human man yes. who's in the same scene. It's the inconsistent application of that technique. That made yeah. it confusing. Yeah, it, it calls attention to itself. Mm-hmm. And that's not... I don't think that's what was intended, but that is what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things. One is Aragorn, his outfit reminded me of Peter Pan for some reason. Because just... <laughs> was it the know. legs? Was yeah, it that and the legs were too, legs? It was too his, short. And, and just cast. the way... Yeah, just... Yeah, just... <laughs> yes, yeah. But, um, but also what... Some things that really bothered me, and especially when they switched and they went to the negative live action weird thing... Um, is they had sometimes I feel like they they animated the hobbits really well and the proportions everything looked fine, but other times they had the feet too big or they had like the angle of the camera to where the feet were too big. And then if then there were times like in the orc fighting scene when they switched and they had actors there, it was almost like they were wearing again like a big big feet thing boots or something over their feet and they looked really weird. You know, even, I don't know, the way they they did that, that bothered me. And then sometimes also Aragorn, his, the proportion with his head was a little bit off that bothered me. Uh, But I will say the transition between him into the weird negative live action was the least obtrusive to me he seemed to mesh yeah. best like whoever was yeah. was his actor and then the other thing that we all commented on it really really bothered me is their depiction of Gimli who is way too tall and way too thin to be you know Valerie and mom were literally never too able so to accept upset. tall Gimli accept into their hearts it just, I, I tried Gimli to be like guys you just have to accept tall Gimli and live with the reality he's that this is one. a tall Gimli universe he's not no. that tall okay but he's it just but he is me. tall he Gimli almost, compared to he was most almost Gimli's. as tall as Aragorn and Legolas yeah exactly and, it, no, he yeah. was I he, yes, was, he, he was, was a little oh, bit shorter than them but like not even a head shorter yeah he was just barely he always looked gangly his limbs yes. looked too long yes he just uh, they couldn't I, i'm telling you they couldn't accept tall gimli into their hearts i could not You're i not think gonna, he I was think not short and stout enough i <laughs> thought he was i, w- I was fine with it too uh, um, least favorite character gimli oh no oh yes. no, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, the 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 animation in this movie really is fascinating um yeah. it's it's almost always on ones so it looks really smooth almost all the time when it's like actual animation i mean um but then it's also 
uh, like all over the place. It's it's it honestly it reminds me a lot of Don Bluth's movies in terms of there is a lot of character there in a way that is sometimes untrue of Disney movies that that have more kind of quality control, but there's also a lot more room for errors and just like weird faces and like characters Mm -hmm. will look different from one moment to the next. Oh, and Oh God, they're so, and I I know why it is too. It's because they shot it all in live action first. And I think they thought to themselves, well, if this, if their face isn't completely in frame, we're going to animate it so we can change that. Except they never did. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just the tops of heads are cut off all the time. And it's like, mm-hmm. this was animation. You could have fixed that. <laughs> but yeah. they didn't. They didn't and do like, it ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I think I did have a quick question about mm-hmm. a, a thing they do in the animation. Uh, because... If you remember from the last episode I was in, I complimented the backgrounds in those movies mm. so, so much. And it's like a contrast to the backgrounds in this movie, which are either like when they're trying good and they detect the yeah. land, they yeah. make the land beautiful. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of the times it just drops into abstraction. It only works like once yeah. for me. Yeah, once or no, twice. The, ab- the abstraction thing is a thing that I know that Bakshi loves to do in his movies and I'm going to have such a hard time with it when it's even more at the fore because yeah, every time it happens here I'm not about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so- about the only time that I even it even half works for me is like when it's in the Nazgul world or yeah. whatever. So it's like, okay, at least there's an excuse. Yeah, yeah. that's the yeah. thing. Like doing it such that it supports the story. Right. That makes sense. It's like, this is a do you feel uh, like it a did? world that is not our own. I feel like it did with the Nazgul thing, and yes. that's why it works. Whether or not you're like, ultimately, does this effect uh, achieve what you want is, is like, okay, but like, ch- at least the change in how it looks like works for that because it's supposed to be this other weird world. And I, I feel like, Bakshi just literally doesn't understand this. Like he sees a complete mishmash of styles and like the changing from abstract to detailed and stuff. And he just like thinks that everyone is fine with that. Like he feels he doesn't feel like that's a huge change or like a really weird thing for other people. And it is (laughs) like, I don't know what the disconnect is there to where he doesn't see it as a problem to his storytelling and to his character work. But it is a problem to those things because it's not used with purpose. It feels haphazard and ultimately cheap mm-hmm. because it is both of those things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really coming from a theater background, again, the costuming was so bad and so inconsistent, you know, at times, but also just just so cheap. Again, looking like rain ponchos and, yeah, and with gorilla the, masks. With and- the orcs. If they had looked like that in the live action footage, but then you rotoscoped over them and they were cartoon dudes, then that's fine. But because they are just these bad costumes on these actors that are like... Muddied down by civilization. Yeah, then it's it looks awful. (laughs) I also didn't... They they really like... Just the color... Like, for a while I was like, okay, so like... You know, they'll plaster the entire screen red, so it'll just be, like, red and black. Yep. Uh, like, when Mary and Pippin Which worked in the beginning. Yeah, but... it, worked, it worked for that. And then, but then going back, I'm like, this is dirty. This is messy. I can't. 
Like, I get it. When people say this is hard to read, I get it now. I used yes. to be a really big defender of that, but now not so much, because I get it. Watching yeah. this movie twice. It is, it's just hard to parse attention. sometimes. Yeah. Like, especially when it's big, like, especially uh, the the whole scene with... Um, Helm's Deep. The, where the orcs have... Well, Helm's Deep to a decent extent, but even before that, the one mm. where the orcs and the horse riders that I'm forgetting a name for. The riders uh, from, of Rohan. Uh, yes, thank yeah, you. Where where they're having their weird confrontation thing. All mm. of that was so muddy and like unclear what was happening for most of it. Yeah. I do I do want to pause though, and I want to take a moment to say it to give a few compliments to the animation because we're yeah. we're really tearing into it and it yeah. does to a huge degree deserve it. But mm-hmm. do you do you have a compliment? I had some stuff from like two no, I had some... We'll get back to bad stuff. Okay, but it was related to stuff we already talked about. I just haven't been able to say it. Okay, do you want to throw it in real quick? I think so. Okay, go for it. Okay, so back way back to rotoscoping. I think, like, you talk about the animation being on the ones. And I guess it was. It's hard for me to tell sometimes. But what I think... Especially in the beginning. But what I think was a, um, a mistake <laughs> was... Some of the uh, the choices with the hobbits, jumping around, clapping, stuff like that. Those movements are really fast. And it didn't translate well when it was rotoscoped. It felt pretty choppy. And to me, because they were just translating stuff in live action, that was a mistake. Like, it should have been more designed towards animation so that those move Like, you can give them character. And sure, you can have them clapping or something, but... I don't know if the actor should have been told to like be a bit slower so that the, it reads better in animation or if they should have just not like not... they do wave their hands a lot. <laughs> yeah, yes, like clapping, turning around, jumping, like it it was it it made it more awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that undermined the acting. Like yeah. the, the actors were fine, but because of this translation things got lost in translation so that's yeah i i hesitate to give any compliments whatsoever to the fleischer brothers gulliver's travels but <laughs> the rotoscoped gulliver in that is infinitely more consistent than this film that came out like 40 years later. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, I think it is mostly on ones in this, but it's just like, because they're trying to, because their budget isn't super high and because they are exactly tracing things instead of like using it as a base, but doing their own animation. Like it's just, yeah, it, le- it leaves it choppy sometimes in a weird way because even on ones animation is doesn't move at the same speed that live action footage does. And that is also why it's like, it can often be hard to combine 2d and 3d because even on ones, 2d animation just isn't moving at the same speed as a a 3d animated (laughs) object that can just move consistently all the time. Right. Yeah. I guess on ones, they're still like taking a frame and, and, and copying that versus the squish and stretch, what gives mm-hmm. animation its, you know, flow. Sometimes. Plus it's like any amount, like it, since it's on ones, it's like, it's changing literally every 20, every fourth, every 24th or whatever, however, whatever the speed yeah. is. But like, it's, that's a lot of itty bitty movements. Mm-hmm. 
and the more distance that is between each one, the jerkier it's going to feel. Yeah. When it feels when it feels good and smooth, as this movie does sometimes, is when they're paying attention to like getting from this movement to that movement fluidly. Right. But they're just not always doing that. So, yeah, it's so weird. So now to compliments. Okay, compliments. There are some really cute little animation things. Some of the ones mm-hmm. early in the movie that I actually wrote down was like Gandalf waving his hands in terror when Frodo offered him the ring. Or uh, Gandalf leaning over to spook Sam before he like turned away and left. Yeah. Uh, the, those little funny. things were cute. <laughs> I liked his uh, Gandalf's one ring dance as he's telling the story. He's, yes. Like, doing this. <laughs> interpretive dance thing and i also really liked later when they are being confronted by the nazgul before the horse stuff when they're in a circle and it starts the camera starts on frodo who's struggling with whether to put the ring on or not he's like shaking and then it starts panning and it does like this full rotation pan around the entire party and showing like how they're looking as this confrontation is happening and then comes back to Frodo who's even closer to putting the ring on and that felt like that felt good I was like Habakshi that's like that's like good filmmaking right there yeah like he gets stuff right sometimes yeah that was just like Uh, a really powerful and like good well animated thing too like uh, Habakshi you can do it sometimes yeah as much as I so I like one, I like how in early, the Nazgul were, like, jittery and stuff. They it's are good. so freaky. It's, yeah. Um, and then even once they lose that jitteriness, which is a sad thing, they still, yeah. at the beginning, have this, like, ghostly, like, translucent thing. And I think the thing I really like about that is just how shots are composited. Um, mm-hmm. I especially liked, a thing I noticed was uh, when Frodo, like, almost jumps into the fireplace to get the ring early in the movie, we're looking through the fire at um, Gandalf and Frodo, and, like, that's just a video of fire that they put in front of the animation. And I'm like, wow, that's that's put together in a way that, like, if you look at it and think about it, you can tell how they did it, but it's still done well. Yeah. Not so much of the smoke and the prancing pony, but that's still, like, a neat composite shot. And then, but then that stuff falls apart later. And then I, the, the, this movie has a lot of when it gets weight right and when the rotoscoping mm-hmm. you know during Boromir's death and when Gimli is sad at Moria and oh yeah Gimli's heartbroken face when Gandalf says Balin died that was that was yeah. good that, that was like, good face acting yeah and like like when the rotoscoping works it really does and I love that yeah. about it especially like I think there was an interview where you know, Baskey talked about the Boromir's death, and he's like, "It's it looks like a live action shot because it is. Right, we just made it look like mm. an animated shot." Mm, okay. And it cool. it it um, yeah, it, it gets the like emotions of it, and it gets the weight of it. Definitely. Um, although there's times where the rotoscoping doesn't provide good weight to it. I'll get to that. Also yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. What are you gonna say? Mom? Um, I was just gonna say there are some choices. Some some uh, animated or or design choices and also some perspectives or some 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 size contrast sure. that I don't feel like they got right. We talk of course talk about, you know, of course Gimli, but I also did not like the character design um with 
Gollum, and and you even oh, mentioned I didn't I... like his his coloration. Well, the thing I didn't like is I just I I just feel like it it wasn't always consistent the way they animated it. Um, like part of the time he looked, I mean, he looked skeletal, but I don't like the way they had him move. I just don't feel like that was. Uh, in any depiction, really, that I've seen, well, of, of Gollum, mm-hmm. I just don't feel like it was more. And then there was one time that literally was very awkward. He was standing there confronting or talking with with uh, Sam and Frodo, and he just started almost gyrating. And <laughs> it was just doing all movement. kinds of that weird was... movements that was really bothering me. Yeah. I think but it then... was a product of the animation, not necessarily yeah. the intent of yeah. the shot. Yeah, yeah. But I agree. Just, yeah. It, just, yeah. it read the, like that. The thing yeah. that I hate about Gollum is just that his loincloth is the same color as his skin, and it constantly bothers me. Yeah. Mm. Well, and and then I when need I it say to be a different color. <laughs> yeah, and and when I say the proportion, sometimes like even when they would pan out, yeah, it, there was not enough of a contrast between the size of the hobbits and the men, the size and the hobbits and the dwarf, the size and the hobbits. There was just that they didn't have proportions right most of the time, and especially when they pan out, or a lot of the time. And then the proportion also bothered me with the when they were in uh, inside the mountain before um, Gandalf died, but the the creature he was, I forgot the name of that creature that he was fighting. The Balrog. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, first of all, I don't even feel like the they made uh, the, the <laughs> large enough with the orcs uh, because there was not much size difference. Again, it just looked like a, a person in a really bad costume. Was, yeah. yeah. And I so just... there wasn't enough of a size difference. They didn't even, I, I feel like they could have compensated with camera per- angles or perspectives, yeah. whatever, which they didn't do. And or then just even, like animating over yeah. the thing instead of taking it as... Exactly. And mm-hmm. then there wasn't enough size difference between Gandalf on that thing and whatever. I mean, just it just really bothered me because that I was not into that th- that scene at all. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, meaning it just it was know. so faky looking that I as much as that scene normally makes me cry because I love Gandalf so much. I just almost was not emotionally invested because I, it just looked so bad. I like how you phrased that almost as if you were giving a hot take. Rather than absolutely everyone who's ever seen yeah. this movie agrees yes, no, with you, no, like, my, like my, my notes for the Balrog scene is just like a paragraph of like I don't want to talk about the Balrog. You, we all know about the Balrog, but although I did add, uh, there's two good things that happen in the Balrog scene. One, mm-hmm. when Legolas initially sees the Balrog, he drops his arrow out of his bow, and it just like turns around and leaves. It's like. <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> that's a, like like the fact that they had that little thing of the arrow falling off of his bow onto the ground. Yeah, that's a cute. Also, I like the shot of the two swords hitting each other and exploding. That's going in my version of Lord of the Rings. I'm gonna mm-hmm. put that shot mm-hmm. in the middle Just of that the one shot. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna have to flip it because in this version, the Balrog's oh, on yeah. the right side of the screen, but in the Peter it's Jackson, true. the Balrog's on the left side of the screen. That won't be mm. a problem. Yeah, that shouldn't be too bad. Yeah. No, yeah. that I we don't need to belabor the point too terribly much, <laughs> but I have watched a lot of monster movies where men are in suits portraying monsters, and this is a mockery of the profession. <laughs> <laughs> this this the man portraying I assume it's a man portraying the Balrog. He's just his heart isn't in it. No, yeah. he's just standing he there. Could, he's like he, he could not play Godzilla. No, no, he couldn't. He's like, they're going to animate over this. That's what they said. He couldn't, I'll just be here as a body double. No big. Yeah. He, couldn't, he couldn't portray some of Godzilla's worst villains that he's ever fought. 
Oh, I'm worst as in name. worst as in not good, not worst as in like the most terrible. No, worst as in just bad, and I hate them. Yeah, okay. like good, uh, good I'm forgetting we... the name of the one that's from the movie where there's basically Ultraman, but he's not Ultraman. I hate that movie. Godzilla versus Megalon. Well, while you're remembering <laughs> that, um, I did want to also say another time where the weight doesn't work is actually not a rotoscope moment. The Watcher in the Deep, the the squid thing, mm. when it slams the door, yeah, I just I and and it's just I was like, what's, what's up with and that? it's just there's just a, like this the thud and I'm like, okay, we we had the scene. Well, actually, it hadn't been animated yet or it hadn't been released yet, but like you compare that of of the Watcher in the Deep slamming the doors of Moria, and it's just a still thing, and they shut, and it makes a noise, and that's it. Compare that to Grand in Return of the King breaking it on a God. door and how violent that was animated. I knew that I you'd have Grand. to bring Grand up again. <laughs> I love Grand. But, it, but the, point, the point stands. Like, it, you just don't feel the weight of it. Like, that door is made of cardboard. Agreed. Yeah. I... <laughs> I love talking to y'all, but we do need to speed through this. Yeah. So I'm going to, we're going to finish up this animated um, section by me mentioning a couple of names and you guys giving me a quick impression of what your opinion was on that character design. Okay. Elrond. Side thumb. Uh, Roman senator. Yeah. He's literally yeah. just Caesar yeah. up there. Yeah. He's just like yeah. a dude. Anyways. Yeah. I like and, 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 and it. I like he, it. Isn't he the king? Isn't he the king of the elves? Yeah. Yes. He yeah. didn't look elven at all. Not even a little no, bit. No, he's just like a dude who's yeah. doing some Roman cosplay. Yeah. Do you the, think the voice would fit mm-hmm. um, a normal Yeah, no, he had a good Elrond? voice, though, definitely. But, like, so if I could he looked like the Elrond in the other anime movie, would it still fit? Uh, maybe. Okay. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I could potentially see it. I don't know. I don't he he uh, looks old. <laughs> the cave troll. Which cave troll? I thought, yeah, you guys remember the cave troll that's no, like a dude I, yeah, in like a, a bad suit, but like good. it's I, at least I, he's well, moving around a lot. Unlike he, the they Balrog. didn't show him, they didn't, they barely showed him. So thumbs up for and me. He hurled the spear. Oh wait, that the was the cave troll. Yeah. I thought that's that was the a cave different... troll. No, that's the cave troll. Oh, side uh, thumbs down. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, I changed my mind. Side thumb. I, I no, no feeling. Also, the shot of. Frodo getting hit by the spear is just so silly. I have, oh, I have taken so many different screen grabs of that to use as reaction <laughs> pictures. Amazing. Um, Treebeard. Disney. Mm, I'll go I'll do thumbs up. I like him. I like that I, I, funky gonna, tree I'm, guy. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm more thumbs up, but I just, again, it, I wish they had had him be bigger and... There I were, thought he was a decent son. I did when they I like him, and, and he was holding. He, he was holding. I like him. Fine. Yeah. I, I like did him. not feel like he weighed anything. I don't think he matched the style of the rest. Of the I, film. I will not disagree with you on that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I think I, I think if he existed in a Disney film with Disney animators, it would be fine. <laughs> Worm tongue. Who likes stroking Theoden's beard oh, okay. like a weirdo? Okay, okay. You know he looked like a weirdo, and he was I a weirdo. So I'm, I'm I gonna give him a thumbs deal up. with his little yeah. mustache. Yeah, it was just I it was hate weird. it. He wasn't. Here's the thing: is he was to me, he wasn't creepy enough in a in a 
like black magic sorcery way. He just he, he, he was just, a he was just guy. like weird. I mean, like he's not really like a black sorcerer pervy, dude. Pervy guy is what he looked he like. Was, that's me. what I'm saying. He looked yeah, like a weirdo, pervy. and he was a weirdo. He yeah. looked yeah, how he, he, he he's felt. a weirdo who whispers propaganda into your ear. You should throw him off the steps. And he was, I wanted I wanted him to not have the mustache. He was so touchy feely. My, my main I like I think the mustache is canon compliant. I think that deserves to be. I hate it. He's like just on the king. He just like stripping yes. arm touching his leg it's like, it's like can you get laying, off of me, on, man? laying at his feet yes <laughs> okay so much. last one aon uh, she was the one in the back zero out of ten uh, you just copied galadriel's design and yeah, changed it uh, a, a, a tiny yeah. tiny bit eyes draw weird. a different woman yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, do it? there's only two yeah galadriel looks good but then they just put her as Eowyn basically and i'm like okay well mm-hmm. can you draw sense. more than one woman yeah it makes it more confusing do you feel like um a like Galadriel? By the way, do you feel like she had big eyes? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. big definitely. Yeah, I think it was an eyes. elvish thing, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, like that. Like yeah. Legolas. We're gonna spend absolutely no time on this. Um, this movie would look pretty cool as live action. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except yeah. this specific movie no. would look really bad because we've basically already seen it in the solarized thing. Yeah. So it would mm-hmm. kind of actually not look that I don't great, know. but it might. Work slightly better because it would all be consistent. How would you? So who can say? in live action. You just wouldn't. What about the? You would just cut that part, and it wouldn't matter because Mary and Pippin stopped being in the film, anyways. Right right after that. I don't know if you could do this in live action, and I don't know if you should try. Um, (laughs) I think I think Lord of the Rings is best when animated consistently. Yeah. Okay. Which it. All right. Yeah. Let's let's go on to sound design. I do have, I think I have a fun fact about I love about the music. kazoo horns. Oh my gosh, one of the time. <laughs> guys. It was Monty Python guys, to the max. <laughs> guys, I have a fun fact and you're interrupting and it's so rude and I'm going to cry. Anyways, the Aww. film score, I'm not real, I'm fine. The film score was composed by Leonard Rosenman. Bakshi wanted to include music by Led Zeppelin, but producer Saul Zaints insisted upon an orchestral score because he would not be able to release the band's music on his fantasy records label, and also because he sucks. Uh, mm-hmm. Rosenman wanted a large Does it score. Say that? No, I added that last part. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that last part was editorial. Um, Rosenman wanted a large score involving a hundred piece orchestra, hundred sure, piece mixed choir, and a hundred piece boy choir. Oh, but ended up with a smaller ensemble. Bakshi initially <laughs> called his score that. majestic, but later stated that he hated Rosenman's score, <laughs> which he found to be too cliche. Um, <laughs> I personally think it's fine. it's fine it would have been a lot better if it had been led zeppelin throughout this whole thing um, it would have been i don't even of the time i don't even i can't even think in my head of what led zeppelin music sounds like but i 100 percent feel like yeah. it would have matched I mean, the the weirdness of this film yeah because it's like really led well. zeppelin, when i hear the name i can't think of really a tune either and don't lose your train of thought sorry Marie. um i just think of someone tripping on drugs or something and that's what okay. happens this that's looks rude. Rude. I no think... i just sorry i think a rock concert or I don't even know. if maybe Okay, but here's the thing about uh-huh. Led Zeppelin and Lord of the Rings, because it actually would really be a good fit. Because you remember how yes. in Stairway to Heaven, when they say, I look to the west and I see you no, but climbing the Stairway to Heaven, and how there's the scene in Return of the King where Gandalf looks west, or looks, looks towards that- Mordor, and then we cut to Frodo on the winding stairs going to the cave with Shelob, who, by the way, 
Shame that this movie this doesn't is... have Shelob in it, but anyway. Yeah, no, no giant spider. You know, what if the music in this movie was by the Beatles? I'm sorry, we're not actually going there. That's yeah. a whole side thing. But yeah, so um... I think Lord of the Rings would have been a good... Or, uh, Led Zeppelin is a good fit for Lord of the Rings. And yeah, it would have been way better if it had that. Why that do the elves singing just sound like a children's choir? Because it is. So <laughs> am I to understand that the elves had only children singing or that the grown elves sound like children when they sing which is the thing i'm supposed to believe here i don't know i just gave my gut reaction (laughs) (laughs) i i thought the i thought the song it was fine was good Um, it was fine i just wasn't expecting it to be a children's choir but once uh like once it's like okay it's a children's choir like yeah it's fine did any of you feel like sometimes the music overlapped in a weird way? Like they would be having yeah. this fight music stuff and then the Hobbit theme or whatever uh, would yeah. play in between it. And you're like, you know, you can adapt a theme into a light <laughs> right. motif so it fits the piece of music you're shoving it in nope. instead of just overlapping <laughs> nah. two tracks that have the same. Nope. Great. Good to know. <laughs> That's funny. I liked the song that the orcs were singing at Helm's Deep, though. That oh, was pretty yeah, rad. So good. That's like probably the only part in the movie where I was like actually feeling the music. I was like, yeah, this is fun. I enjoy it. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember lots mm-hmm. of these things. That's either. fine, babe. I'm just yeah. glad you stayed awake the whole time. That's really all I needed <laughs> from you. It was the, yeah, the main sound thing that I remember is the kazoo horns that felt really oh, that was dinky so funny. compared yeah. to the scenes <laughs> that they were supposed to be like. Yeah. Yeah. I needed Nip-nip. to hear the clomping horses to go along with my Mo- Monty Python feel. What were you saying, Marie? Uh, uh, sometime, I think this is a nitpick, but sometimes the orcish war horns sound too much like the Horn of Gondor. The you know, you're, you know what, you know what, Marie, you're valid. <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, <laughs> okay. I have some more fun facts that I don't have, like, a great place to drop them, so I'm just going to throw them at you guys, since you guys can catch what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the canceled sequel. This film was originally intended to be distributed as The Lord of the Rings Part 1. Initially, a trilogy was planned, like I mentioned, but that was revised to two planned films because of the limited budget. According to Bakshi, when he completed the film, United Artists executives told him that they were planning to release the film without indicating that a sequel would follow because they felt that audiences would not pay to see half of a film. Bakshi stated that he strongly opposed this and agreed with the shocked viewers who complained that the film was unfinished. In his view, had it said part one, I think everyone would have respected it. And I think he has at least somewhat of a point. I think people would have... I don't know exactly, because it's like the 70s and audiences weren't as used to the idea of having more. But also, Star Wars was literally kind mm-hmm. of about to do that. So yeah, like Star Wars was right pr- there. Probably could have done it. Probably could have done it. Although UA found that the film, while financially successful, failed to overwhelm audiences, Bakshi did begin working on a sequel and even had some B-roll footage shot. Indeed, in interviews, Bakshi talked about doing a part two film picking up where this leaves off, and even boasted that the second film could pick up on sequences that we missed in the first book. Uh, The producer went so far as to try to stop the Rankin-Bass The Return of the King TV special, which was already storyboarded before Bakshi's film came out, from airing, so as to not clash with Bakshi's sequel. It's a good thing that didn't work out, since it never happened. Yeah, Um, and also, if there's uh a whip, there's a way, so... Yes, I know, right? (laughs) Gotta have that. Um, 
The reaction from fans towards this movie was hostile. Jerry Beck writes that they intensely disliked the film's cheap-looking effects and the missing ending, having been uh, misled by the title to expect the film to cover the whole of the book. Uh, Bakshi found the two years spent on rings immensely stressful and the fan reaction scathing. He took comfort in talking to Priscilla Tolkien, who said she loved it. And then my final fun fact that I need to throw. Oh, actually, let me throw because I uh, missed one thing about Frodo, who is voiced by Christopher Gard. But a fun fact, Mick Jagger approached Bakshi about playing Frodo. But at the time which he did so, the roles were already cast and recorded. But just imagine Mick Jagger <laughs> just <laughs> being Frodo here. Great. Oh last, last fun fact that I have here is Bakshi's opinions on the Rankin-Bass Hobbit TV special. They're not good. He <laughs> angrily commented that Lord of the Rings is not going to have any song for the sake of a record album. During the lawsuit, he commented that they're not going to stop us from doing the Lord of the Rings and they won't stop us from doing the Hobbit. Anyone who saw their version of the Hobbit knows that it has nothing to do with the quality and style of our feature. My life isn't going to be altered by what Rankin Bass chooses to do badly. Years later, he called their film an awful ripoff version of the Hobbit. So... I just think that's interesting because his film is far from impeachable, but he sure wanted to throw those stones. Mm -hmm. And also I find it interesting because I assume he's probably also not just feel, doesn't just feel that way about the Hobbit, but also feels that way about the return of the King one, but the return of the King movie never to my knowledge actually dropped an album, which is annoying um, because I need an album version of where there's what there's way, but (laughs) whatever. I guess I'll just never get that and I'll go to my grave unfulfilled, you know? Oh, <laughs> No, it's fine. <laughs> um, let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up poorly? Yes, very poorly. <laughs> I, I'm sure there was a lot of neat things people said about the styles and techniques when this came out. Yeah. Probably. I, I mean, the marketing department sure did. <laughs> with that with that whole like new a technique. new form of animation and stuff but even though it wasn't <laughs> yeah it's just it sometimes it looks pretty great and then other times it just really doesn't yep um there are two women in this movie one of them doesn't talk and they look the same so that's mm-hmm. not super great. There's also yeah. a woman in the uh, crowd at the Prancing Pony. Wow, babe, I'm so glad you noticed that. Yeah. I did not You're remember. Welcome. You're welcome. Thanks. So three three ladies in here. Um, <laughs> this is probably the least gay version of Sam and Frodo that I've ever seen, which is unfortunate, <laughs> despite that one scene where it really felt like, oh, we have, might have something, but then they just didn't. Yeah. So that's a bummer. Um, I don't know. There's nothing like actively like... I don't think there's any active, like, isms or anything in here that's coming to mind for me. No, it's just what I agree that doesn't hold up is just the quality and the continuity and all of that as far as even with the animation and, again, that combination, the, the weird combination that they do. It's, it's yeah, it... it it was surprising, it was amusing, but it's definitely not something that I would that I would recommend as far as wow to, to really experience Lord of the Rings, you've got to see this. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. It it's just really hard to consistently stay in the world that they're trying to create because yeah. the world is so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would say for, for if you want to 
get the 100 completion 100% completionist <laughs> uh Lord of the Rings experience if you, if you uh, want that achievement nobody yeah. it's nothing there's no achievement well Maria's uh, making an achievement I would say I would say this movie counts for 7% of your 100%ing of that yeah 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 uh, where the that books, seems right yeah and the books are like 60 and 60 yeah, that of right. that percent that the books is is like the freaking Silmarillion. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. You would Where's say this. Where's the Soviet uh, teleplay? Yeah, what's uh, the percentage that? on that one? Uh, uh, eight. eight. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Let's go oh, on. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did have something. That's okay. The only other thing that I was just going to say is that the, the other reason that I don't feel like this holds up is it there was too many there were too many parts in this that if i was not very familiar with lord of the rings and it's been years since i've seen him but if i wasn't if if i had never read the books or if i had never watched the live action i would not know what the heck is going on and even some of the explanations mm-hmm. after the fact i don't think would have been enough to give me a complete picture so in that sense i don't feel like the narrative holds up you know, it, it, without previous without, knowledge, without previous knowledge, yeah. yeah. And even with previous knowledge, sometimes it gets really hard. Like, oh, yeah. I know. there like, were still parts. Me, yeah, that we were it like, took oh. me to my second viewing to figure out which one was Grishnak and which one was Ukluk. And I didn't even, like. I don't even want to get into that because we're at the end here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm glad that you vaguely mentioned it, though. I do love that. Okay, you can pull this out, but I have to say it out loud for Marie's sake. Okay. Gollum's mouth looks like a butthole. That's what I wrote down here. That's fair. That's fair. I he looks he's he's drinking a bass animated. I appreciate like if the entire movie was in the same style as him with his loincloth recolored. Uh, I just it just it just look it's the same as his skin color. And so yeah. for one it could it's be really misinterpreted for one it could be misinterpreted as something it's not. It's all I'm going to say there. But for two it just feels it feels like bad animation. It's mm-hmm. like guys I mean, you're not yeah. coloring that. Like I feel like yeah, if he was a bit true. better animated and also the rest of the film looked like him, it would be good animation. But also <laughs> Well, I, I mean, if I any single that, of the if any of the animation types was the only animation the type in the movie, <laughs> yeah, much only. better. Uh, I will say though, I did like one of the most. Mm, it's hard to say what the most famous scene of like the live action ones, but one of sure. I think the one of the iconic ones is Gollum and Smeagol going back and forth as oh. he has his mm-hmm, like monologue mm-hmm. to himself. I didn't mind this version. Yeah. either it's pretty good like yeah. yeah i i think it like conveyed the scene uh well so like he did have his good points i think he did that kind of monologue that was yeah. uh wasn't undermined by anything you got yeah. the idea it was it was good let's talk about favorites and least favorites what was your least favorite scene in the film uh for me Super easy. It was the long stretch of not understanding what's happening with the horse and the Nazgul. And like, they're just kind of barely moving to either side a little bit. And why is this happening? Why is it he just mm-hmm. going for Frodo and just that whole part? Yeah, there's good parts of that scene, but it could have been. Half I like that tor- towards the end where they're not in the weird world anymore. But uh, I'll mine was what Marie brought up earlier. The prancing pony stuff with the Ballad. crowd. Yeah. That was just very distracting. All of those, I mean, are right up there for me. I think 
I think I want to say just to also honestly to say something different, but it's but I I really dislike the stark contrast of the styles, like when they were um, on the wall defending um, against the orcs, and you just had all of the negative live action people smack dab with Legolas and other animated people just right there in my you know and and they prolong that so i I had to stare at that for a while and it was just too jarring oh i didn't like it yeah i i think the battle of helm's deep is definitely like i i think for me least favorite scenes tied between the battle of helm's deep because yeah it's all solarized and ugly and it switches what color they solarize to at some points which i just (laughs) yeah mm. it sure does uh, just a couple of shots where it's like yeah. dark and for some also, reason. You're like, prancing, okay. I, I just like the prancing pony scene, especially because I think it turns a lot of people away from this film. I think a lot of people yeah. get to that point and they see this mess and they're like, oh, this is just crap. And they turn and the movie off. there's a lot off. of good stuff after yeah, it. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. And like, I'll talk about that with my favorite scene when, when we get there. Hey, but, we're there. What's your girl's favorite scene? Oh, my goodness. Danica. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I did it. I did it. Um, you can, if you, if you know what yeah. your favorite scene is, you can keep uh, going. Baromir's death, because it's, it's the most well acted. Shout out to, you know, deciding whether or not to go to Moria, but Baromir's death definitely gets it. He gets Yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah, follow follow yeah. on to that. It's with uh, Sam and Frodo in the boat and like them rowing back and forth. And it's a great one. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. my favorite scene. That that's what I was just cute. gonna say. I just that yeah. was just because it caught because initially I'm just like, this isn't a mistake. Like I am seeing this right. Like you know, like he is paddling that way and he is paddling. Yeah. And then it was so cute because it didn't go on too long. It went on long enough to just it was just cute. Yeah, um, with with that scene in the boat, you kind of get a little bit of the sense of the intimacy between them as friends yes. or lovers, however you view it. Yeah, but not as much as in other versions of these films. My favorite is actually even earlier. It is where Mary and Pippin are like, hey, we're going to come with you. And that whole mm. scene, because that was yeah. basically before that, I was like, this movie is interesting and I'm, and I'm enjoying it. But then it got to that and I was like, oh, there's some stuff in here that I really like. And then there was a couple yeah. other stuff after that that I also felt that way about, but that was like the first time it really pulled me in with that. So yeah, that's my favorite. Good choice. Good a choice. thing I want to yeah. know is I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure all of our favorite scenes are in the fellowship portion of it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who was your least favorite character in the movie? Um, maybe controversial take, but mm-hmm. Treebeard because he appears for one scene, he looks out of place, and the live action version is pretty cool, I guess. But but even not even looking at the live action version, he's just there and hmm, I don't know. I've at that point in the movie, I've always just kind of checked out, and I'm like, okay, Treebeard's here. The movie's gonna end soon. I'm gonna yeah, go play it does, on dinner. It does end pretty soon <laughs> after that. I'm gonna say, uh, and I and I never can remember his name, but the Elf King's name at, at Elrond. Time, El, Elrond. Elrond. Because he just he wasn't an elf, and he he again he looked like Caesar, like we talked about. And she mm-hmm. hates Caesar. She doesn't like Caesar salads. <laughs> actually, yeah. actually, you you and Brutus like should Caesar. talk. You get along. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite holiday was just this past week. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Um... Least yeah. favorite. Yeah, I'm just, th- I'm just thinking. Oh, the Balrog. 
Does it even yeah, count as a character? I guess it does. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Gimli because he's too short. I want to, part of me Gimli. wants to say Gimli and it's not because tall Gimli. I can accept tall Gimli <laughs> into my heart. It's just that Gimli needed and deserved more. Mm-hmm. He has like one or two scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Where he gets a little bit yeah. and he deserved better, but I don't think I'm going to say him. <sighs> Who am I going to say though? I mean, Saruman kind of sucked. It wasn't even you in that Arumon? much. Yeah, they sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't read the books, but I'm pretty sure they said Armon. They sure did say it a lot in this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it said it a couple times. You know, he had good character. He had a big stick. <laughs> yeah. Well, how yeah, can I? Had how some, can I some argue? Lightning happened. Some lightning happened, and he turned the background to abstract. And Gandalf yelled at him. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Gimli because he deserved better. I'll just throw it there. So it's not that Gimli's your least favorite character. It's uh, he's how the most the disappointing. For they me. did like, he deserves dirty. better. Yeah. Who was okay. your favorite character in the movie? Early in the movie, I would have said Gandalf just because he's so extra and ridiculous sometimes. Yeah. But then he's mm-hmm. not in a decent port. I think Frodo. I think I'm gonna give it to Frodo. He's a he's a pretty good Frodo. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's the best Frodo. No, probably. but he's a pretty good Frodo in this film. Who do you believe might be a better character then? I would give. I would also consider Merry and Pippin, but for one, I can't discern who is who, and for two, <laughs> they just like stop mattering. I mean, they there. I will. I will say there is a moment where Pip or where Merry turns to Pippin while they're being carried along by the orcs, and he's like, "So, so Pippin, you've decided to come along this trip too." <laughs> When do you think I breakfast just, is? I just there was a part. I think it was the part where where one of them drops the the thing down the well, and then Gandalf comes over and he says, "Full of a two can call some Pippin," and I'm like, "Okay, so Pippin's the blonde one." But then, like ten minutes later, there's a scene where no, where someone refers Pippin. to the dark haired one as Pippin, and so I'm so confused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, 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 he says that it's it's Meriden took. Right? I thought he or said. Mary- I thought he. I heard him say Pippin. I could have sworn. No, but he said he said Took, which I'm pretty sure is oh, Mary. Goodness, I don't know. I fe- and then called him Pippin. I don't even. Oh, yeah, I can't handle it. Um, so I think I'm going to give it to Pippin. Frodo. How do y'all think? What do y'all think? I just I do want to say I feel like if someone wants to treat Mary and Pippin as a singular character unit, this movie <laughs> certainly does. Yeah, it so certainly does. Yeah, then I, I'm gonna I, go uh, I will then. give it I'm to gonna them. I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with them. Thank you, Marie, because, yeah. Cause yeah, I, I will too. Um, I like Galadriel. Galadriel's nice with her <laughs> big eyes. That's valid. <laughs> I did like her scene where she uh, resisted the, the ring. She was just very matter of fact and kind of, uh, oh, what's the word? Not a big weirdo about it. Yeah, it was... <laughs> yeah. It was <laughs> I, whimsical whimsical I, yeah. and matter of fact about it i'm just like oh and then i i passed it yeah just like all right girl yeah <laughs> just a little yeah I, I i do like i feel like there should have been more like it would be nice if they had spent more time on the elves being like yep this is the end of our age we have to leave yeah that's and they're kind of sad about it and frodo's like oh i'm sad too but they don't like no they don't really do it because bill like bilbo's reciting a story and in the book Frodo gets chewed out by Elrond because he's like trying to write a poem about something that Elrond knew happened 
correct. And everyone's like, you shouldn't do that. Elrond will correct you and be rude about it. And like, they don't do it in this movie. And I feel like that would have been a good addition to go along with Galadriel. But Galadriel still does like the old elf, sad passing of age. Yeah. She has the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I just want Elrond to have that vibe too. Valid. Um, I think I'll go with Frodo because, you know, he's a lot of the film versus Merry and Pippin who they have some good points, but it's not a lot of them. Who did I say? Can I change my least favorite character, actually? Yeah. It's Sam now. Okay. <laughs> I don't like this portrayal of Sam. It, yeah. It feels mean spirited sometimes. I don't remember who yeah. I, I don't f- remember who I said initially. Treebeard, I think. Oh yeah. Which one? Is it is it Sam for real? Uh yeah, because Sam's on screen more, and I don't like this portrayal. It's valid. Yeah, yeah like you said, mean spirited for Sam. Uh, but Frodo. If Tim Curry were in this movie, who you think he should be? What if he was Treebeard? He could be, but that's like so little. Yeah. That's kind mm-hmm. of also the problem I with saying Saruman, who comes to mind, because he's Arumang. just. I have. I'll- I have I have a hot take. Uh-huh. I have I have an opinion. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, starring Tim Curry as Gimli. They need to have him talk Wait, more if do, they do that. Yeah. Though I was going to yeah. say Elrond. Yeah, yeah. If they have... but they should. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. So not only is he voiced by Tim Curry, but he's vo- he's voiced more. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he just like every time his back is turned, he's like muttering stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, can you imagine Tim Curry saying the "those were happier times"? Yeah, line? that'd be wonderful. I want mm-hmm. it. Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. Yeah, it's this movie's so long. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I think okay. So here's I'm gonna, I'm gonna set a precedent for for our the way we rate this. I would say. This movie gets the Fellowship of the Ring if you just watch up to the Fellowship of the Ring ending and then go watch the Peter Jackson Two Towers. You're going to have a much better time that way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's a good, like, just the the Fellowship of the Ring by Ralph Bashke, pretty good. Probably like three, three and a half stars out of five. But unfortunately, there Um, is a lot more movie that's tacked on there. We do have to consider that. You can mm-hmm. you can talk about your caveats, but like we do have but to yeah, ultimately total, rate total. the movie that is given to us. Yeah, the movie that was given to us is uh like one and a half to two <laughs> for me. Is that your is that what you want to put? Sure. Yeah. One and a one, half or one two? and three quarter. One and three quarters. Okay. For the entire movie. One point seven five. It has good moments. Yeah. Uh it definitely adds to my Lord of the Rings experience. But yeah, it's yeah. not that great a movie. <laughs> No, I think I'm with Marie. I think I would say I, I'm going to stay with Marie 1.75 just because it because it's comical, honestly, for mm-hmm. some things. In that sense, it was entertaining, and uh, you know, again, there were there were some good things and there were some good moments. Um, I'm I think I'm still going to go with I would not recommend it as far as if you have not seen the Lord of the Rings or if you're not very, very familiar with the story because you're going to be totally lost in a lot of it. But I would recommend it for laughs if you are a Lord of the Ring fan or you just want to see someone's reaction who is a diehard Lord of the Ring fan or a filmmaker and has never seen this mix of techniques. Yeah, then I would say <laughs> watch it. Uh, I'll, I'll defend this film 
for for what it gets right, but I still can't give it a high rating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's fair. Uh, I will not not recommend it. Uh, even though there are some interesting techniques, it doesn't. Uh, it misses its shot to like use them to a- a- any advantage of itself. Like they're just misapplied. For yeah, there there are some glimpses of of greatness in it, but. But it drags on and it just makes it not worth watching even as like a, hey, watch this and laugh because about, you know, halfway through or so you're like, I'm just going to stop. Like there's nothing, there's nothing past a certain point. About halfway through is where it should have stopped. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, so, but, but I'll stick with the 1.75. Yeah. Yeah. I will, I will say uh, there are, uh, not all the good moments are in the first half, but most, most of them are. Most. Uh, yeah, I... Part of me wants to recommend it, but I just, I don't th- think I can recommend the overall endeavor. I... If you're very curious, go check it out. There's some stuff in there that I feel is really worthwhile, but the overall thing is not. 1.75, yeah. I think there is... If through the magic of editing, I think you could get this up to somewhere in the in the threes for me, because um, mm-hmm. there's some there's some stuff I really Challenge like in here. Accepted. But <laughs> it's just the overall package. No, it's just so it's too flawed, too long, so much. All of its flaws just get more and more pronounced after the part. Well, after the Fellowship of the Ring ends, it's just. Yeah, I can't recommend it. I'll give it a 1.75. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I would really love for you all to join me on my live stream of Witcher 3. You can find me live streaming every Tuesday, 7 p.m. CST on Twitch. And then you can can keep up with me on Twitter uh, and YouTube. And it's uh, nanacritter.com. Just N-A-N-A-C-R-I-T-T-E-R. And I would love for you to join me. And I want to thank, yes, our absolute wonderful special <laughs> guest, Marie, for being here and really adding and to you. this. Yeah, yes, thank you. it's thank been you such a joy. having me. I feel like I had a lot more to say about Return of the King, but I do. <laughs> I think you did too, I, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but I still I still have a lot of opinions about like, because this, this film has like a special place in my heart. It's a small place, but it's a special place. <laughs> you know, super valid. Um, yes. And yeah, that, that makes it invaluable to have had you on because you have such a, a important viewpoint on it. Yes. Uh, and it was really great having you here. Thank yes. You. Yeah, yes. It was really great being here. I like, you know, just it's just fun. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Next time, we will be watching a movie from Japan that I keep wanting to say the wrong name for because i keep wanting to say over the garden wall but garden is not in it (laughs) so anyways we'll be watching that next week it seems interesting it's it seems like a a more it seems like it has some ponyo energy but maybe a little meaner i'm very curious (laughs) uh anyways thank you all very much for listening and please join us next time bye bye Bye. Bye. stay safe this has been how's it hold up with danica juarez and jan james you can find our podcast on twitter at how's it hold up pod that's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe 
Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. advertisement look at product we like product you should like product too